You are listening to the CMC Podcast. Join us each week for messages designed to equip, inspire, and motivate. And now for today's message from Pastor Tim Brooks. Well, we want to welcome you to our 10th and final lesson in Colossians. What a great study this has been. Josh and Paul and I have really, really enjoyed this. Uh, I tell you, if you, if you can't tell, this is just our thing. This is just our thing. Um, I've got to remember Josh's line, especially in this lesson, y'all don't slow me down. It's y'all that are slowing me down here. So I, I want to remember that line, y'all don't slow me down, we got to get going here. Turn to Colossians chapter 4. The meat of the word is so important. The meat of the word is so important. Uh, and our, our church is not letting up. Now we're going to get into the meat of the word. The word is going to challenge you, change you, transform you, wash you. And you're not going to come in here and get a little feel-good message and we all leave with a spiritual goosebump. We're going to be challenged with the way we think and the way we live and the way we walk in this life because that's what the ministry of the Word does. Looking forward to this section, so much, so much a vital truth. In Colossians chapter 4, we start uh, where we left off in verse 7 and let's finish. I want you to all read along with me. Colossians chapter 4, verse 7. Tychus will give you a full report about how I'm getting along. He's a beloved brother and a faithful helper who serves with me in the Lord's work. I've sent him to you for this very purpose, to let you know how we're doing and encourage you. I'm also sending Onesimus, a faithful and a beloved brother, one of your own people. He and Tychus will tell you everything that's happening here. Articus, who is in prison with me, sends you his greetings. And so does Mark. Barnabas's cousin, as you were instructed before, make Mark welcome if he comes your way. Jesus, the one we call Justice, also sends his greetings. These are only Jew- the only Jewish believers among my co-workers. They're working with me here for the kingdom of God. And what a comfort they have been. I want everybody to underline that word, what a comfort they have been. Epaphras, a member of your own fellowship and a servant of Christ Jesus sends you his greetings. He always prays earnestly for you, asking God to make you strong and perfect, fully confident that you are following the whole will of God. I can assure you that he prays hard for you, also for the believers in Laodicea and Heropolis. Luke, the beloved doctor, sends his greetings and so does Demas. Please give my greetings to our brothers and sisters Laodicea, to Nympha and the church that meets in her house. After you've read this letter, pass it on to the church at Laodicea so they can read it too. And you should read the letter I wrote to them. And say to Archippus, be sure to carry out the ministry the Lord gave you. Here's my greeting in my own handwriting, Paul. Remember my chains and may God's grace be with you. What a powerful, powerful section of scripture that we've got to see the message in this for us. Here we see Paul, not only a great soul winner, a spiritual leader to say the least. How do you describe the spiritual leadership that he was and 2,000 years later, still the spiritual leader that he is, the author of some two-thirds of the New Testament. But in this section, we see that the great apostle Paul was a people person. I want you to look at this. As we look at the Pauline epistles 
and Acts, we see about a hundred names of people directly mentioned. In Paul's letter just to the church at Rome, he mentions 26 individuals by name. And in this closing letter to the Colossians, he calls the name of 10 of his close friends and associates. We can't read over this section and think there's no meat here. We can't read over this section and think, well, this is just adios, goodbye, wrap it up. We, we got to make sure that we get this. Church, we can't take people for granted in our life. The gospel message that we read in the New Testament is woven with people and their names. Here's what I want you to know. In spite of the popular Christian song in the 80s, it's not just you and Jesus and got your own thing going. The Christian life is not about just you and Jesus. Friends, relationships, and people make life. Friendships make life, and close friends play a key role in our life. I want you to note verse 11. I ask you to underline this. Calls the names of people, and then he says what a comfort they have been. People or God designed relationships with close friends to be a comfort in your life. And I can say that I have some personal friends that have been that for me in my life. I think of Alan and Linda Bates. I've lived across the road from Alan my whole life. We have been close friends, and they, they've been a part of this church for 30 years. We, we rope together, not on a daily basis, because it rains sometimes. Or there's just a certain temperature or window that Linda will rope in. But, but we spend a lot of time together. And, and that relationship regardless of what I've gone through, regardless of what I'm in the middle of, the pressure that's on me, there are some people in your life that when you just are with them, it just brings a, and I don't know of a better word, I'll just use the word Paul used, comfort to you. Darren, I can't, I can't even add up the number of thousands of miles we've ridden together in a truck going across the country to horse sales. And, and just what that friendship, just going across the country in a truck and, 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 and being together has meant to me. You, you know, in the position that, 
And everybody's in a position in life. We all have certain positions, and there's not any different from anybody else. And that position you're in brings difficulties and hurts and pains and gossip and pressure and criticism. Regardless of what you do, whether you're a pastor or you're a painter, there's somebody that ain't happy with you. And so in the position you're in, all of us, in the position I'm in, I get a lot of criticism. That's not to say the position you're in, you don't get a lot of criticism. But, but I think about over the years, going through some difficult times, when, when uh, a decision that you make, so many people criticize it, and in the moment, you have to make a decision, and then a year later, we can all criticize that decision. But it's the best that could have been made at the time. Tough times, times that I'm called on to address and to preach topics that are not popular, and, and they're, they're not a crowd pleaser, and everybody's not singing your praises. In fact, is they leave mad. And, and Mike Hansen comes by my office on Sunday morning, and it's just me and him down here sometimes before daylight, and he'll pop his head in and just say, I, I just want you to know I appreciate you. And not everybody appreciates me. And, and no one knows what was just said to me and what's in that I'm dealing with. And it just, I, I just want you to know I appreciate you. You know, what people mean in your life is vital to us. And, and I, I, I just think about the people that bring comfort to you. And the point that we've got to get in these closing verses of Colossians is you've got to have some people in your life. You, you have to. Terry and I have got some couples, not many, not many like us, but, but we do have some couples that we vacation with and, and that we are together and we go out of town close, close, close friends that she and I vacation with and that have meant everything over the years to us. Well, I got to ask myself, when I see this principle in the scripture, then why don't we? What keeps us from having this in our life? And, and there are several things as I have pondered this and pondered this. There are several things that keep us from having these relationships and, and, and the biggest one is, there is a huge price to pay to have people close in your life. It's a huge price. And, and Terry and I talk about this often. We often go and do things that we had rather not go and do, or rather not go and do right then. This is not a good time for us to do this. But they wanted us to, so it's a price that you pay to have friends. And we're in a, such a selfish society today that nobody does anything that they don't want to do. I ain't going there. I don't want to do that. I don't want to go there. I don't want to go out to eat. No, I'm tired tonight. I don't want to go. And there is a, there's a price to pay, and it's called sacrifice. 
And we're in a time when just very little sacrifice is made for anybody else. We don't sacrifice for a mate. We don't sacrifice for our own kids. And we sure as heck don't sacrifice for a friend. But if you maintain a relationship that verse 11 says that can bring comfort to you, here's what I'm telling you. It's going to cost you. Because you're going to have to forgive them because sooner or later they're going to make you mad. You're going to have to overlook some things because sooner or later they're going to do some things that you have to overlook. And I can assure you I have a difficult personality to be with and, and Alan has got to overlook me and my personality or he would not be friends with me. You, you know, you've got to put up with some people in your life and we just seem to refuse to put up with anybody. We're just going to cut them off, cut them off, leave that, leave here. I'm out of here. I'm not going to do that. We're not going to stay committed to a church because somebody said something or did something, so we're just out of here. You know, we, we don't pay the price for close friends. And I thought about this last week, and, and I wish I hadn't have thought about it. But, but Mike and Jerry Hansen have had all of the same reasons to leave this church as anybody else that has left this church, because they're not blind, they can see the bad decision I did or what I didn't do or the way I should have done or what. See, and they've had all the same reasons, except he chose to stay and he chose to come back in my office and say, I just want to let you know I appreciate you today. I know good and well there's some things about me he don't appreciate. But he said, I appreciate you. See, it's, it's living with people and making the sacrifice to live with people and to overlook and to forgive and to lock arms and to do life together. I think of Alan and Linda being in this church for 30 years and they've had all the reasons to leave that other people have. But they're still here, still supporting me and still bragging on my sermons whether they really were that good or not. And I think, I've never said a word that Linda hadn't already heard. And I can tell you this, if I ever lose my notes, I can get them from her because she writes every word I ever say. And she's got notebooks and notebooks of my sermon notes. And she goes, oh, Tim, that was a great sermon. I know, except for you've heard that 97 times. And she hadn't gone to another church because she's already heard all I've got to say. I mean, you choose to lock arms and live life with people or... You wake up and you find yourself in a very lonely existence. A very lonely existence. I, I want you to know as the Apostle Paul lists these names, we, we are aware of this. And, and we do hold the Apostle Paul in high esteem, as we should. But we are aware that Jesus was the only one perfect. So that makes us have to know that the Apostle Paul was not perfect because it wasn't Jesus. He preached some very hard sermons. Think about it. He said some very controversial things. He offended a whole lot of people with what he said. And you're talking about being cut and dry and black and white and him talking it's either Jesus or hell. I mean, there's no water in... Paul's message down. 
very hurtful sermons that Paul preached. Yet, here's a list of names of people that have chosen to lock arms and be right here, and we're going to do life together. It's a real testimony to us today. The message in this last section of Colossians is that we ought to work and pay the price for friends. And I want you to know that it's not easy to have friends. It takes time to have friends. It takes a lot of effort to have friends. And it takes money to have friends. You've got to go do stuff. And it's only when you do that you can establish people that you're living life with. And it's sad to me that we get mad and move and we get mad and leave and we leave this town and we leave that state and we leave this church and we leave this family and we leave that family. And, and before long, you don't have a group of inner circle friends that you've lived life with because you've been offended 97 times. There's a powerful message here in verse 7 through 18. Because as I went back over each one of these names, okay, that guy, not perfect. This next guy, not perfect. This next guy, not perfect. But their names are mentioned not because they're perfect, but because Paul had chosen to do life with them. We, we can't write this section off and move on. This is a vital spiritual truth because God has a plan for you and I in our daily life, and it is not just you and Jesus got your own thing going. You're going to have to be concerned about other people. You got to give yourself for other people. You have to be available for other people. Now, I want you to think about this. Paul lists 10 names here. Do you have any idea how many people Paul knew? No, we're just thinking about this. He was daily before crowds of people. He was traveling, he was teaching, he was ministering. He stayed in how many different people's homes? over a year's period of time. How many different homes was he in? He knew thousands of people. No doubt hundreds and hundreds had helped him, worked with him, served in the ministry. Also, Paul had a tent-making business, which today we would say he was a home builder. Because at that time, people lived in tents. So he was a home builder. Well, he had customers. He had suppliers. Hundreds of people knew him. But the point here in Colossians is God's got a plan. And you're going to need a few people in your life that have a special relationship that can bring comfort to you. Because there are times when life hurts. There are times when life hurts you. You know, the Apostle Paul, surely he had a mom and a dad. I'm assuming he had brothers and sisters. I'm assuming he had other family. Where are they? Not any of his family going to his church. Not any of his family in his ministry. I'm sure they're talking about him and running him down and gossiping about him. And I'm a, his own mom and dad, I mean, where are they in the picture? You won't see them running around supporting him. In hurtful times in Paul's life, here's some people that have been a real comfort to me. When times are tough in your personal life, 
Paul was criticized. He was mocked. He was made fun of. All I can think of, Paul was just really blessed to live in a time where they didn't have Facebook and tweets. I mean, my gosh, the poor guy was beat and thrown and out of cities and humiliated and lied about. Think about his sermons and how hard they were if he lived in a time when people could tweet about his sermons and how mean and ruthless and insensitive and hard. And I mean, God's got a plan for you. And that is to make sure that you've got some folks in your life that you can draw some strength from in your life. You got to let go of some stuff. You got to overlook their faults. When their mouth runs away from them, you don't get offended. You pay the price for a few folks. When you're easily offended, as this era in history is, when you're easily mad and angered, when you are very critical of other people, when there's really no one that suits you, you're going to wake up and find a very lonely existence for yourself. And you're going to find that you have no relationships that can help you. You're too tired to go out to eat. You don't want to go see that movie with them. You're too busy to go do that. Oh, they just get on my last nerve. You won't pay the price to draw strength from people. And I'm just telling you, there's times in need in your life. And God has designed it where you and I need one another. It's called the body of Christ. We draw strength from each other. Another problem that there is in people having close friends is that we tend to use people. We use people for our gain and our benefit. And that's the basis of relationships that you get into is you get to know this person so you can use them. You're not sacrificially giving to this relationship. You just found this woman that you could use. Or you found this guy that you could use. Or you found these people that you could use to further your own agenda. And, and friends are about sacrificially doing for one another. You know, there's got to be some people in your life that you don't try to sign up to be downline under you. There's got to be some people in your life that you just go out to eat with to go out to eat with. You don't go out to eat with them to sign them up under you. There's got to be some people that you are with that you don't try to sell a car to, that you don't try to promote your business with. There's got to be some people that you don't tune on, that you're not correcting, that you're not always in their business. That You need some people that are just a friend to you, just a friend, in, in all of their shortcomings, in all of their inadequacies, in all of your shortcomings, in all of your inadequacies. You're just friends. People are vitally important. People are vitally important in our life. I, I, I don't want to really know the times when Darren didn't want to go to a horse sale. I, mean, I can't imagine not wanting to get in a truck and ride 10 hours without getting out of it. Get there and sit in a chair for 18 straight hours and watch 700 horses sell and then get up the next day and drive 10 hours back. I can't imagine anybody not wanting to do that. But it concerns me that there have been some times that he probably did not want to go with me, but he did. 
but he did. See, you got some people in your life that do, that just do. I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you to, 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 to lock arms with some people. Lock arms with this church. Lock arms with some people in this church that, that you're just here. You're just here. Others come, others go. They're here for a while, and then they're over here for a while, and then they're over here for a while, and then they do this for a while, and then they do that for a while. And they look around, and they're living a really lonely existence because they've never been anywhere long enough and paid the price to have some people that are just there for you, that are just there for you. I don't know what was going on with y'all Sunday, but we started church, and there wasn't anybody on your row. And I looked over, and I looked over at Terry, and I said, we can't have church. I was ready to just cancel the whole thing. And then here in a few minutes, here they came, and they fill up. I said, go ahead. Next song, y'all just keep right on rolling. See, they're, 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 I don't need y'all, except if you ain't in your seat, we can't go on. We just can't have church Sunday morning. And I was just about ready to call the music off and dismiss. <laughs> I'm just encouraging us to make people important. Make others important. It's not just you and Jesus doing your own thing. We're supposed to have each other. We need each other. And we lock arms with the few people that we say, this is where I belong. And these are the people that I'm going to live life with. Because there is great benefit Verse 11, I want you to underline verse 11. These people have brought great comfort to me. That's important to us. People are to be important to us. And we're in a throwaway society. We're in a move, quit, toss the towel, get mad, get offended, get hurt, get bent out of shape. Get, uh, we're in a society that throws away, and you can't throw away some relationships. There are some relationships that you just... In spite the cost you have to have in your life. As we finish our study and we look back on all that we've learned, this last section is a vital section for us with the listing of these names. There's a, a belief that circumcision made us more spiritual, that dietary laws, what you ate, what you didn't eat, made you more spiritual. There was a thought by observing religious rules and regulations, you were more spiritual. And Paul taught us in Colossians that Jesus on the cross won a complete victory. And through Jesus, you're close to God. And it's only through Jesus that gets you close to God. Yeah, we all need to watch what we eat. Some of us that fight sugar issues or cholesterol issues or thyroid issues, we got to watch what we eat. Yeah, vital that you watch what you eat. But if you want to get close to God, it's not eating a sugar-free cookie. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You get close to God through Jesus. You get close to God through Jesus. We all got to come to church. It's a vital place in our life. But you get close to God through Jesus. It's through Jesus in our life. And you come to a place where you know Jesus, where you have a life-changing encounter with Jesus. 
And, and yes, there's things we do and there's things that we don't do and there's places we go and there's places that we don't go. But what gets you in the presence of God is the blood of Jesus. Thirty times in this short letter, Paul uses the word all. The main theme of Colossians is the preeminence of Jesus. The believer has access to God through Jesus. It's not your circumcision, your food laws, your dietary law, your regulation, your religious activities. It is through Jesus. It is through Jesus. And you've got to come to a place. You men from Teen Challenge, I encourage you to come to a place in your life where you know Jesus. Where you have a life-changing encounter. Yes, going to church and being a part of TC and the program and all that. But as soon as you leave the program, you'll be back messed up again if you don't leave the program knowing Jesus. If you don't come to a life-changing encounter with him, you never experience real Christianity. Yeah, you go to church. But you never experience real Christianity until Jesus is preeminent in your life. Colossians uses the word over and over, filled. Filled with him. Filled with him. Filled with Jesus. Filled with his love. And as I was going back over and over and over that word filled, I thought, you know, when you're filled with Jesus, then there is no more room for drugs alcohol. When you're filled with Jesus, there's no more room for greed and anger. Are you filled with anger? Are you filled with bitterness? Or are you filled with Jesus? So when you're filled with Jesus, you don't walk in bitterness and hate and anger. You're filled with him. There's no room for that. As we end Colossians, the more you pump the word into you, the freer you will live. And this study of Colossians can just have been a mental exercise for you. Or you can go over and over the truths that we've learned in Colossians, and it changes you. You truly put off some of this stuff. You put on this stuff. You put off this. You put on this, and the Word begins to transform your life where before you really even know it, you're not the same person that you used to be. And you even look back on that person, and it's in fact like you're looking back on somebody else. When Paul gets up here and preaches, and he starts talking about what Jesus did in his life, I hear him say that, but I don't connect with that because I can never see him living like that. He is so different. See, Jesus makes a difference in your life. The Word will change you. The Word will change you. I want to encourage you. Don't be a hearer only of Colossians, but let's be a doer of the Word that we've heard. Y'all stand with me. Lord, tonight we're grateful to you for the word that you've given us. Lord, I just, I'm continually blessed by the fact that you didn't just set us on this earth and say, do the best you can, but that you sent your word to direct us, to guide us, to shape us, 
to teach us, to train us. And Lord, we don't see your word as a list of boring don'ts, but we see your word as life-transforming power that gives us life. Tonight, Lord, we give you praise and we give you thanks for your continual miraculous workings in our daily life. We honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. You have been listening to the CMC Podcast. For more information about CMC, our different conferences, Christian school, college internship, resources, and more, go to cmchurch.com.